Welcome to the Dad Strength Podcast, helping you earn the mug that says world's greatest dad. The Dad Strength Podcast is an Unlearning Network production. My name is Jeff Gervitz. I am your host, your fellow dad, and the cable you put into a box two years ago and now need. I always knew I'd come in handy. This episode is kind of an interlude. It's a very quick one, just some reflections on family, airline travel, and the podcast so far. Last week, my wife, my son, and I traveled to celebrate my mom's 80th birthday. It was a big shindig. Tons of extended family showed up, but we almost didn't make it, and certainly not from a lack of desire. The thing was we had booked airline tickets through a small carrier, and this was because of a combination of credit from a refunded COVID flight. There was a great sale price, and it was all done, by the way, through a third party, which is kind of like playing Russian roulette with your flights. Five times out of six, you're saving money, and the sixth one is tragedy. So we were flying on the cheap, and my spider sense did tingle a bit when we couldn't check in online the day before the flight, but the message said, hey, we're having some issues, we're not a real airline, I'm paraphrasing, just show up three hours early for your flight. When we got there, three hours early, we were told that we had no seats on the flight, that we had canceled them. I am not always super detail-oriented, but I think I would know if I canceled our flight to my mom's 80th birthday party. Fortunately, the person at the counter was super empathetic, and by that I mean she shrugged and made almost a full second of eye contact before asking us to move to the side. The entire airport was fresh out of fucks that day. We escalated our complaint about three feet over to a manager who looked like she was maybe 20 years old before the conversation just repeated itself. Your tickets were canceled. Well, who canceled them? Because it wasn't us. We can't see that information. Can you get us on the flight? Silence. She did a thousand yard stare through her false eyelashes. They couldn't fix it and they wouldn't rebook us. And after we could see that she would have to care the tiniest little bit for our arguments to get any traction, we pivoted and spent the next 10 minutes trying to convince her to put us back onto the flight. Even at full price, we figured we'd sort it out later. 10 minutes was in my opinion, a very long time to wait before letting us know that there were no seats available. So we scrambled through the airport and online booking, and I had to shell out all of this cash for three new tickets on a last-minute flight on a different airline in a different terminal. Brutal. And I want to assure you that every interaction that followed sucked. I was already worked up, but I don't think it mattered that much because it was as if someone had dipped every process at the airport in fine grit. It is not a big deal if one or two steps in the process suck. That's just a little irritating. You know, we're big people, right? We're adults. But if you go through enough interactions coded in grit, by the end of it, you're just chafed raw. We had one beautiful moment where the person checking us in said, uh, you don't have to check that particular bag. You can take it as carry-on. I will forever treasure that. But then we got our tickets, and there was a guy standing by the counters, you know, on your way to security, and he was checking the size of everyone's carry-on. Nobody wanted to check any baggage because rumor was everything was getting misplaced and delayed. So I get it. But this one older fellow was struggling. He had a reasonably sized piece of carry-on that didn't quite fit into the little wire box that they have. You can't bring that. And the guy was like, my medication is in there. And the guy yelled at him, you have to check it. And then, you know, when it seemed like all hope was lost and we weren't sure if this guy was going to survive the flight, he kind of tapped it, just nudged it very gently and it fell into place. Fine. Like I said, brutal. 
when I was going through security, I overheard one of the agents talking about some guy who had tried to fight him earlier in the day. I don't know what the context was. I certainly don't support getting violent because you can't handle your emotions. And we can all definitely agree that getting into fisticuffs at an airport is a bad idea, right? So we're on the same page. But I was also like, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I 100% understand why it happened. Anyway, we got there. We made it on the same day, just a little more tired and with less money than when we started. I knew as soon as I got to my mom's house that I wasn't going to get any work done that week. Usually I'll grab a couple of hours in the morning or crank a bit in the daytime, uh, partially because I just need some quiet time. But no, I knew in my gut that all of my bandwidth was going into family on this trip. That is all a very long way to explain why I don't have a guest on the podcast this week. You know, I've spoken to a bunch of people over the last little while about spending time with extended family, and there are a few statements that seem to be pretty universal. It's important. It's often joyful. It's deeply meaningful. And it's kind of exhausting. The joke is that your family knows what buttons to push because they're the ones who installed them. And I'm sure some folks will intentionally hammer on those buttons to get a reaction. That's not the case with us. We're peaceful folk, mostly. But a lot of these buttons just exist by default as a response to the climate of the family. Maybe environment is a better word or dynamic. But whatever we're talking about includes what happens when people in that unit get tired or frustrated or angry. I guess it doesn't really have to just be family. It could be colleagues. It could be the folks you play golf or video games with online. Who knows? It could be any kind of team dynamic. But families feel a little more primal because, well, this was your upbringing, right? Your emotions are attached to these other people. And I suspect that there is a combination of environmental and genetic factors and attachment styles, all kinds of stuff that makes these responses more likely to fit into recognizable patterns. So sometimes it's just one person reacting and other folks in non-reactive states. But not always. One emotional reaction might prompt other people to react and you wind up getting this feedback loop. Like when the mic and the speaker are too close together, there's a little peep, a rustling of fabric. And then the speaker picks it up and spits it back over to the mic. And all of a sudden there's just this shrieking that will rattle the windows. I would like to hear from you about what patterns you've experienced in your family life. If you go to dadstrength.com slash feedback, you can leave me a written note or now you can leave me a voice note, two clicks and just speak into the mic. What a time to be alive. Although quick note, you might have to do it on a desktop. Now, if you leave me a voice note, will I use it on the podcast? If it's cool with you, I might, but if not, just tell me that's okay. We can keep it private or you can make it anonymous. So coming back to my family, I want to let you know that we are cool, as cool as we have ever been. There's a lot of love and I had some real conversations with my mom and my siblings. My son bonded with his cousins. I bonded with my brother-in-law, who's a very sweet man. It was great, but it was also challenging. I've come to think of stuff like this as the emotional Olympics. We train by taking care of ourselves and whatever form of therapy we happen to engage in, we learn skills and emotion regulation and self-care habits. And then we put years of this practice to the test when old patterns and habits emerge. That's really how far you've come. 
It's a hell of a test. How did I do? I got a gold medal, baby. I'm proud of myself. And I am closer to my family because I was able to stay in the moment a lot more than I ever have been. So, not a typical episode, but you know, I'm still playing with format. You will notice that the episodes from this season are a lot shorter. I'm keeping the key insights from my guests, but instead of turning these into bullet points, I'm taking some time to reflect on what they're saying. You know, if you've ever tried reading a book summary, you'll know that the information is valuable and the author has distilled it, but you lose a certain something or maybe a lot of something when you just ram your way through straight facts without any moments to breathe. So when a guest shares something of value, I often want to reflect on it, really give us both some time and space to chew on it. How's that working for you? Dadstrength.com slash feedback. I'd love to know. Like I said, this was a quick one. We're going to wrap up here. I will be back next week with some insight on exercise through the lens of mental well-being. I've got a great guest for us. Until then, keep on training for your next emotional Olympics. Much love to my family. Thanks to the Unlearning Network who produced this podcast, to Daniel Ross for our title music, and to Mike Ford for additional music. We'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.